Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 on KATX and KWBY, as Angela Robinson joins Terry Slavens to share important financial information to help you live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, estate and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning. 101. Well, very pleasant. Good Monday morning, everyone. Welcome into Life Planning 101 right here on KETX KWBY. And as usual, Angela Robinson joins us. Good morning, Angela. Good morning. And boy, do we have a show lined out for you. I'm excited about this one. I have been all weekend. So I'm actually, I'm kind of nervous excited. Uh, this gentleman that's been on the show, I've known him since I was a little girl. In fact, he took me what you would call lobster hunting all over a place to find me lobster. You know, so <laughs> he's got a special place in my heart <laughs> for sure. Um, but no, he more than that, he has been a great partner over the years. Um, we've been working with him for actually over 20 years. He's been a great student in the industry. He continues to learn, continues to thrive. In fact, I stole some things off of his website. You know, one of the things that they write about their firm is that they derive clarity from complexity and helping to develop financial intelligence is a defining aspect of what they do. I love that. They derive clarity from complexity and helping to develop a financial intelligence is a defining aspect of what they do. And, you know, we always talk about why does money have to be so complicated? And one of the reasons that I love this gentleman is not only is he a great student of all things investments, he also puts it into a language and a place that us as the everyday investors and where, you know, we're making emotional decisions most of the time can, can understand it and they create what's called a purpose-based investment plan when much sounds like what we do right living life on purpose you've heard that over and over again so um, it is truly my pleasure to introduce our guest speaker today mr. Charlie Mahar of Tillwood Asset Management and not only has he been over 35 years in the industry of working with investors but he also entertains us so I expect nothing less <laughs> on this show but an entertaining show and so thank you Charlie for being on the show with us today we greatly yeah, appreciate to, it. Lots to live up to this morning. Yes well I expect very high results out of you I mean <laughs> after, after all you are in a sense a mentor for all of us at Kennedy Financial <laughs> Services so um, it is truly an honor to have you on but you know uh, you were telling us right before the show that you got to listen in on the Berkshire Hathaway meeting on Saturday. Well, the Berkshire annual meetings uh, highlight in my year every year, and for decades I've attended in person with my mom. And this year she said, she's 85, and she said, I'm not really up to climbing up to the rafters of that huge auditorium, so I'll take a pass. And uh, my good fortune is that Yahoo Finance broadcast it live as a webcast. So even though I didn't go to Omaha, I got to sit on my screened-in porch in Minnesota and listen to the whole meeting. It was great. And so I wanted to share a story that Buffett told. He started off talking about he bought his first stock as a 12-year-old in 1942. And he'd saved up since the age of seven. So that tells you something about Buffett, that from seven to 12, he was saving up to buy a stock. But he said, I want you to have some perspective about what's happened in our equity markets in my lifetime. And he said, if in 1942, if you had put $10,000 into gold, 
today you would have a $400,000 value on your $10,000 investment. And if you had put the same $10,000 into the equivalent of the SP 500, today you'd have $52 million for your $10,000 investment. So that's a great way to think about that over long periods of time, the compounding value of equities is that uh, the the $10,000 you put away today has the potential and had the potential of becoming $52 million, you know, a mere 75 years later. So I thought that was an astounding comparison. And then I did a little back-of-the-envelope calculation, and I went and I looked up uh, in the Dow Jones Industrial Average, how many stocks that were in the index in 1942 are still in the index? And the answer is five. Wow. Of the 30. So, wow. Right. So the other side of that is is that it doesn't mean to put your money into the market and go brain dead. <laughs> right? Because if you picked out any random 30 stocks, uh, you know, only five of them survived over the 75-year time period in a healthy way. So you have to be dynamic. You have to adjust with changes. That's 16% stayed in place and 84% turned over. So on a long-term basis, that's not a high rate of turnover. But the idea that you can just be dormant and completely static is not what works. That's interesting. I think somewhere along the lines, you must have got wind of what we were going to put in our weekly life lessons this week. We did the 87 reasons not to invest in the stock market, looking back over the last 87 years. And then we did in a little calculation of what 87 years would have been with a $10,000 investment. You know, it's funny because there is a fine line. We're all emotionally tied to our money. We've worked hard for it. We don't want to see it gone. And, you know, income is something that, you know, everybody feels like they're going to need in the future and they want to protect that. But at the same time, like you say, you know, you can't sit stagnant. And so how do you play that fine line with your emotions? And I know, you know, this is an area of study that you have done tremendous amounts of work in and um, have presented on it several times and and of course we always brief on it during our shows when Aaron comes on because it is such an important aspect Um, but sometimes you know it's great to hear an outside point of view uh, with you know what you see on a broader picture right well since we're on the theme of Berkshire Hathaway annual meetings I'm going to answer your question by sharing a Q&A from a Berkshire meeting that happened in 2013 So a woman gets up to ask a question at the meeting, and she says to Warren and Charlie, you guys have done better than anybody else. What's your secret? What do you do that they don't do? Why are you so successful? And Charlie Munger answers for the two of them, and he said, we try to remain sane when others like to go crazy. (laughs) There you go. That's So, So when the question was asked, I'm answering it in my mind's ear for myself already, and I anticipate they're going to say, well, we're better at deploying capital than other investors, and we've had higher returns, and that's why they're better. But they don't see their competitive advantage as being deploying capital. They see their competitive advantage as behavioral finance, by being a rational investor. And so if the most successful investors in history think that the biggest advantage you can bring to the table is trying to remain sane when others like to go crazy, that's a pretty persuasive case. 
Absolutely. I have another famous quote I love. It's by Charles Ellis. He says, Las Vegas is busy every day, so we know not everyone is rational. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm guilty. I will say that. Uh, Well, when we come back, more from Mr. Mahar. You don't want to miss it right here on Life Planning 101. And we're back with more Life Planning 101 right here on KTX KWBY. Angela? Good morning again, and we have a very special guest, Mr. Charlie Mahar from Tillwood Asset Management, was just giving us an update on the Berkshire Hathaway meeting from this last Saturday, and it all comes back to the one thing that we talk about all the time, it seems like, behavioral finance. So, Charlie, I'll let you have the floor. Um, You talk about this silent killer of investing. Go for it. So, there's a very famous research study by the Dalbar organization that shows that over long periods of time that the most important thing in investing are not investments themselves but the behavior of the investors. So over three decades when markets have averaged a 10% return, the average individual makes about 3.6% and bond investors actually because of market timing, jumping in and out of the marketplace, average negative rates returns in bonds. Whoa. So there is a repeated cycle of investors opting in in periods of euphoria, becoming disillusioned, writing the value of their investments down, and bailing out in despair when if they could just hold those emotions at arm's length and have a longer-term perspective, they could realize they could triple their returns without improving their investments. So how do you do that? How do you achieve some objectivity? How do you get the perspective of staying focused on the long term and getting out of the moment? That's the big challenge. And I think the first thing is, is just to realize that as investors, we are immersed in a tactical environment where the news is driven by the dynamics of the news cycle, that there's a negative bias to the news, the tone of the news is negative. And you have to start off by saying, I'm not going to let today's headlines or tomorrow's threat be the thing that drives my strategy. I'm, I'm going to have a way to focus on business merit and long-term compounding and not be a day-to-day tactical investor. That's right. You know, and it's, it's funny, we, we have um, most of the individuals and families we work with do a gut check every morning is, you know, do you wake up in a, a feeling of gratitude or do you wake up in a feeling of hmm, depression or otherwise? And right. if you are, you probably need to turn off the TV. <laughs> so. right. Yeah, right. But I mean, the messages are overwhelming and the bias is negative and you have to make a decision to think for yourself and to be a critical thinker and to step out of that and obviously to work with an advisor who's committed to getting out of the tactical and focusing on long-term goals. That's right. You know, uh, Aaron was on the show a couple weeks ago and he said, you know, he's guilty of it too. We're all guilty of being emotional. I mean, we're humans. And so, you know, what he does is he has a shopping list of things, a wish list of things that he wants to buy in the market. And so when he's kind of feeling that down and out feeling, he starts going and looking at that shopping list and seeing how things are doing. And it turns that around to what you're saying. It lets, lets him be a critical thinker rather than, you know, going with the masses and, you know, not looking for the opportunities that are out there. Yeah. And there's another element I think that can help, and it's understanding the 
relationship between the economic cycle and the marketplace. So I'll try to say this as succinctly as I can. When the economy is expanding, the stock market is a reliable source for positive performance. Expansions last, on average, seven years. The market returns 15% annually during periods of expansion. Uh, Contractions are a recurring phenomena, and in recessions, the market averages a 32% decline. So in our strategy, we're very focused on individual businesses and their merit, but we also want to consider the correlation between the economic cycle and the marketplace and be willing to shift to a more defensive posture. We would never go to cash or short the market, but just be willing to be more defensive when the economy tips and risks increase. And there are times when the market is predictably good, and there are times when the market is predictably bad. And understanding the difference is critical to being a rational investor. You know, I think it is real hard for people to step back and look economically rather than just watching the markets. and Or politics. Yeah, or, gosh, heaven forbid, <laughs> politics. That's exactly right. What's a little rocket man up to or what's Donald Trump going to do next? What's the next tweet coming out of the White House, right? Right. So. Yeah, I feel like I spent the Obama years talking Republicans off the ledge and now I'm spending the Trump years talking Democrats off the ledge. That, and, that's right. <laughs> and it's a cycle. And you know, politics are the tail, not the dog. The economy, earnings, and valuation are the dog. So don't let the political tail wag the investing dog. Right. Well, this is great information. Uh, when we come back, you don't want to miss us wrap up here on Life Planning 101 and talk more about what you need to be doing inside of your portfolio to hedge this silent killer of investing called your emotions. Final segment already, Life Planning 101. Angela? Yes, and we have a very special guest speaker, Mr. Charlie Mahar, on with us today from Tillwood Asset Management. And uh, I know a lot of you are aware we manage a lot of money in-house. And, you know, Charlie, I don't even know if you know this, you are the only third-party money manager that we use. So, That's very flattering. <laughs> um, he has a very unique spot in the market with what he does. And, you know, he has just made it his business to understand the investor, not just the investments. And, you know, he was talking about keeping rational and, and staying sane when everyone else is going insane per, you know, Warren Buffett's protege there. But the big thing is, is you talked about this last segment about this normal seven-year expansion in the economy. And I think that's the biggest question on everybody's mind, isn't it? Of where are we? What's going to happen next? What what are we what is to come? Are we really about to hit, you know, recession and everything starts spinning backwards or are we in growth mode and um, what are things going to look like over this next year? Right. Well, we spent a lot of time on that subject and the first thing I want to say is that while the average expansionary period has been seven years. We are now in the 10th year of this expansion. The longest expansion in the history of the U.S. economy was 10 years. It happened once from 91 to 01. The previous longest expansion was eight years from 61 to 69. Uh, But by all rights, this will turn into the longest expansion in the history of the U.S. economy. And we do not believe in making forecasts 
once you make the forecast, you fall in love with your forecast and you have to defend it. <laughs> so from our perspective, we say let the data drive. And we focus on some key data points like the index of leading economic indicators, the yield curve, SP 500 earnings, and GDP itself. And all that data continues to say we're in expansion mode. And so we want to keep our allocation to equities fully invested. And when the data turns, not when our forecast changes, when our data turns, we will adjust. So I'm going to say this thing, and it may sound kind of modest, but I want you to hear that I think this is a positive perspective, is that over the next 12 months, so I'm not talking about calendar 2018, but over the next 12 months, we think it's reasonable that the SP 500, as a backdrop for other aspects of the marketplace, would return something in the range of 7 to 8%. We're not trying to be too precise, like we know exactly it's 7% or 8%. But we look at really positive, constructive earnings growth. The year-over-year number is going to be up 15%. If you take out the tax bump organically, it's about 9%. Wow. But we think that the P.E. ratio, the multiple of earnings, the valuation in the marketplace is compressing and we're going to end up with a P.E. in the range of 18. And so given our expectations for earnings and a P.E. of 18, that takes us to an index of around 2,900, which would be 7 or 8% from where we are right now. So I think it's really important to understand that we are in a fantastic bull market for earnings. And it's not just the tax bump. The tax bump has helped reported earnings, but business is good and employment is full and we're in a robust economy. And the great irony of our time right now is the coexistence of stability everywhere we look and anxiety about how long can it last. Right. You know, and it's funny because every time people always say, well, this time it's different. And in reality, you know, what is comfortable is rarely profitable when it comes to the market. Right. And, you know, that comfortable means let's get out while the getting's good. But is that really where we need to be to be profitable? And, and just hearing the analytics behind it, it definitely seems as though no is the answer. Right. So. And, right. And, and I want to add the perspective that uh, over the last 50 years, we've had eight episodes of rising interest rates where the Fed has taken the discount rate up. And the average return from stocks in those in that rising rate environment has been 20%. That's so uh, rising rates are not bad for stocks, but they can have a negative impact on long maturity bonds. So if you keep your bond maturities short and defensive, you'll be spared some risk. But in rising rates, if you own 20 and 30-year bonds, then there's more risk to principal in bonds in a rising rate environment. Well, I know, um, you know, you put on our outline, and I love this. I, I hope I, I don't steal something from you, but you said complexity, simplicity, and deep simplicity. And so, right. You know, I thought this is so true. You know, everything seems so complex, yet it's so simple. So, so that it's so simple that we need to just follow, you know, the rules, the processes, the things that are already in place that, you know, probably your advisor has already done. And if they haven't, you need to come see us. That's that's what that's all about. Right. Um, so simplicity, just sticking your head in the sand and pretending that there are no issues and no opportunities never helps. And giving up that it's so complex that it's unapproachable doesn't help. 
but if you can get past complexity into some enduring rules that give you deep simplicity, you can make very good decisions with very good results. Absolutely. You know, and I know all over you promote this as well. And I think that's why our cultures align so much. You know, we talk about so much about focusing on life, uh, focusing on living life on purpose, Mm -hmm. you know, not on the money. The money's the tool, right? And if you keep your, your center around those goals, man, it makes things so much easier and it makes your plan so much more resilient for those times that, yes, we will have another recession. Get ready for it. But right. have a plan in place. Be ready to invest and, and find that opportunistic rather than the opposite and run away from it scared because that's when you get hurt. Yeah, that's well said. And being able to say what the purpose of your money is is a liberating thing rather than just having it be the source of security or insecurity. You know, to what end? And uh, aligning purpose with your happiness is what life is about. That's right. So, well, Charlie, do you have one last word of wisdom for our listeners today? (laughs) So, uh, given our topic is being a rational investor, I just want to add one thing, is that one of the news stories that is giving people a sense of anxiety today is interest rates are going up. And I want to say, get over it. (laughs) <laughs> the um, interest rates going up is not a threat. Actually, our Federal Reserve Bank has been suppressing rates since 2008. They were too low. We need to be able to get savers and investors a real rate of return on interest rates, which they haven't been able to do. You know, I mean, a year and a half ago, the 10-year Treasury yielded 1.4%, and the inflation rate was 2%. So you're losing purchasing power by being invested in treasuries. That makes no sense. So rates going up is a recurring phenomena. We are at a 3,000-year low on interest rates. Let that sink in. So if you regress to the mean, if you get back to average from a 3,000-year low, of course rates are going to go up. And it just means that the economy is healthy and that the regulators are getting back to something that looks like sanity. And don't let that be the reason that you make an emotional decision to abandon your long-term strategy. Very good. Well, Charlie, thank you so much for being on the show today. We greatly appreciate you um, and all you do to support the families that we work with. Um, God bless you and, and God bless our listeners. Thank you, Angela. Yes. Thank you very much. Have a great one. Bye. Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock on KATX and KWBY for more Life Planning 101. Advisory services offered through Smart Money Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through Calton & Associates, Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Kennedy Financial Services, Incorporated is an independent, a Calton and Associates Incorporated and Smart Money Group, LLC.